Hi everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased you're with us today on this bright, sunny spring day. We hope it is where you are. This is an outstanding episode. We will be enjoying a discussion and workshop about short stories. Get ready for another episode full of learning, laughter, and new ideas for readers and writers. So fire up your note taker and get ready for another exciting adventure with your fellow bibliophiles at Writing Works Wonders. I am Dr. Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to my fabulous co-host, Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Hey, everybody, and I have a fabulous co-host, too, because she's the master of the universe. Today, we're talking about the short story, and this is part one of a two-part series. We'll be doing part two on May 20th, because we have two great episodes in between. And an overview of what we want to do today include short stories you're reading, short story key points, types of short stories, and where to publish them and possibly make money publishing them. And we also have an exercise if we get through all of that. So my first question is, what types of short stories do you enjoy reading? Because it's important, like we've heard many authors say, and Cheryl and I have talked about, you have as well, listening to a genre really helps us as authors as well. And I have found, I've I've been working on a short story and it's out with beta readers right now. I find that listening to them really helps me to get a better idea of how they flow, all the different possibilities that you can do with them, with techniques, getting the feel for short stories. Now, of course, they can be many different lengths, and that depends where you're going to be submitting them. So you might be reading all different types of short stories. There are many different authors. There's collections, genres, etc., Who would like to share what types of short stories or if there's a particular author of short stories they enjoy? First up, we have Amy and then Carol Mackey. I like light situational comedies. Thank you. I happen to be a mystery person and I'll I'll take a little bit of bite in those also. But I've really loved reading the short stories that authors that I'm following. For example, one that you've had, C.J. Box. There's a number of short stories using his character, Joe Pickett. And also Lee Child is another author I happen to love with Reacher. He has a number of short stories. I will also mention the international thriller writers have a couple of books that they've done of short stories. And one of them is called Face Off. They have characters of their member authors collaborating. That was just the most fun to read. It's called Face Off, and it is available on NLS. Hi, it's Tabitha. Um, I tend to go for the classics, I think, when I'm reading short stories. And and I, I too, kind of gravitate towards mysteries. I, I think it's just so interesting to see, you know, an entire mystery crammed into a short story. So, like, you know, obviously Sherlock Holmes, I read the entire collection um, narrated by Stephen Fry, which was wonderful during lockdown. And Agatha Christie has, um, you know, a bunch of Poirot short stories. And there are also some fun collections of 
um, of Agatha Christie in that time period um, called Bodies in the Library. There are two volumes of that. But for non-mystery, I think my favorite is Catherine Mansfield. Um, she often has just kind of a little twist or, you know, just a, a really subtle little human drama going on in, in just, you know, a, a few compact pages. So it, it's always very gratifying to read those. Terrific suggestions we're receiving. Thank you. Hello. Uh, being able to write a short story and just having it so complete and went in a few words, so to speak. Two come to mind. O'Henry's uh, short stories, um, I guess, to the Magi, I think was very very concise and very well done and, and very pretty. And um, also Agatha Christie wrote a one that was remarkable, I think. When my first uh, Agatha Christie's, it was about, um, I don't remember the title of it, but Hercule Poirot, get it straight, Hercule Poirot, mm-hmm. this man had a habit of eating blueberry tarts, which was a big part of solving the mystery. Uh, those two come to mind. Terrific. Thank you. You know, I looked up some examples of short story anthologies that are available on BARD, and one of the first ones that came up was O. Henry. So that's great that you mentioned that. I've been listening to a set of short stories on science fiction, because that's what I'm writing, by Michael Resnick. And it's very interesting because sometimes if a single author wrote all the short stories in a volume, they'll provide information about each of them. And he talks about why he wrote this one, who it was for, which publication, etc., the background about it. And that's pretty fun to hear. He wrote many, many novels before he started writing short story. And that's on Bard. I do want to say this is not a completely G-rated book. So uh, please be aware of that, the one by Michael Resnick. Another set that there are several different volumes is by Catherine Patterson. And that would be available in all outlets, including Bard. Those were just a few that I picked up right off the top. If you do a search and put in quotes, quote, short stories, and then close quote, you'll come up with a whole bunch of anthologies within Bard or Bookshare, Overdrive, or whatever your favorite search engine is. That's one way to find collections of them. I really enjoy them to, like many of you have said, to see how they quickly solve it, but bring the characters to life, etc. And it's very, very exciting. This particular collection is remarkable in that the author does one that's fantasy. Then he does one that takes a familiar character and develops that. Then he does a parody on a fairy tale. So he's delving into so many different genres within his short stories. It's fun to hear how he creates these and handles them. Very, very instructive. Later on, I'll be mentioning a few books that I have found about writing short stories, and that's been very helpful as well. I think it was Carol that particularly mentioned that sometimes authors in an anthology, it might be a single author, that this is their collection of short stories, but it might be that authors were invited to submit short stories on a particular theme. Our community recently saw the publication of the book of Artificial Divide, and that's an example of short stories related to a theme. And sometimes they also work in a story world where they might pose a certain world with characters and setting, etc. And then each author takes it in their own direction. There's many possibilities of how this can be done, and it's fun to explore and see 
how the different anthologies have been brought together and the purposes for which the short stories were specifically designed in some cases. We wanted to talk about key points of short stories. The critical part of a short story is, in its very name, is that we need to include within the length that's allowed, and Cheryl's going to talk about that briefly in a few minutes, but within the parameters set up by wherever you're submitting, you need to include the key elements of a good story. All of it has to be packed in to the length that they allow you to have. Whereas in a novel, you'll have much more room to develop all of the different parts of a traditional story. And I just went to a seminar re recently about the power of the opening pages of your novel. Well, in a short story, we're talking about the first few words, the first sentence, and really attracting people and grabbing their attention so they stay with you. And you have to sustain that throughout your short story. Truly a challenge. We face that in all our writing, but it's magnified, I believe, with the short story. So instead of me listing what are the parts that you need to include in a story, I'm going to give you the example of a beginning of a story, and we're going to use this later. And this is going to be an exercise for you folks to tell me what maybe is included in here that are essential parts of a short story, and what also would need to be added to be able to develop it. So listen carefully, okay? We'll use the same little couple of sentences a few times in this episode. It was a sunny morning in May. Lucia and Kim were riding in a jeep through the back roads of St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. Suddenly, they came upon a group of goats standing in the middle of the road. Kim stopped the vehicle and that's going to be your prompt this week where you can take that and develop it further and add 50 more words to it. But if that was going to be the beginning of a short story. What would be the key elements that would need to be in the short story? And are any of them already there? I'll read it one more time. You can raise your hands to answer that. It was a sunny morning in May. Linda and Kim were riding in a Jeep through the back roads of St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. Suddenly, they came upon a group of goats standing in the middle of the road. Kim stopped the vehicle and... Lisa G. Hi. It has a, it has has definitely certain elements. I think it has to have a solution and then the plot developed more. Okay. Very good. Next is Ron Brooks. You've introduced three characters. You've introduced uh, Lucia and Kim, but you've also introduced goats. So uh, that definitely, you know, there's something there with these goats that good needs catch. to be explained. And there's definitely a, a lot of around time, place, setting. There um, you go. Setting. Yeah. That's yep. it. Yep. Okay. All yep. right. Good. Go ahead, Patty. Okay. First, you have your your setting. You know where they are, and you see what they are doing. And you have your characters named, so we know who is doing what. Then suddenly we have goats in the middle of the road stopping everything. So we want to know what happens next. Did they have to get out and move the goats? Did they toot their horn? Did they yell? What did they do? We want to know what happened next and then find a way to round it all off. So 50 more words. That's a heck of a challenge, but I like that. <laughs> oh. And and I just want to take a tiny moment as a magazine editor and having a requirement 
of a word count, 100 words minimum and 1500 words maximum in my articles, short stories, whatever you publish, the, I've seen significant improvement in those who contribute over the years to the magazine. And I just want to encourage you, the best way to get good at this is to just keep doing it. So submit, submit, submit. That's my advice. Absolutely. Thank you, Patty. Thanks, Patty. Next is Carol Mackey. And this, all the characters, etc. But what I see is that there's so many directions to go in stopping of the goats, but also on the back roads of a country. Are they citizens? I mean, there's so many places to go. And that's what jumped out at me. The direction Mm -hmm. is wide open for taking the story further. Thank you. Excellent. Tabitha. Yeah, I think, Stellar, I I was caught by, you know, the relationship. What is their relationship to each other? What is their relationship to the, the place? Are they on holiday? Do they live there? Um, so those are, are details that would, you know, need to emerge as the story continued. Excellent. Thank you. So key elements, we've hit most of them. Our participants have been fabulous. And just so you know, they were not prompted ahead of time. This is on the fly. They're They're doing great. All of you are. And I'm sure many of you know what I'm going to say. May I say Go ahead. It's missing dialogue because the goat's in the middle of the road. And do you think the goats would be talking? Yeah, yes. that's where I thought. Yes. I knew Cheryl was going to go there. I knew Cheryl was going in that direction, folks. <laughs> yes. So setting, really important. We have that now. Dialogue is missing. If you're going to use dialogue in your short story, plot really isn't there yet. The plot, really, there's some action. There's some possibility. We do have a little tension, but is that the determinative tension? Is that leading to the plot and the conflict? Is this the real conflict? Or is this going to disappear in 10 seconds? The goats move on and something else is emerging. Um, More description would certainly be needed. But I wrote this little intro to move quickly and just give you essential elements. So if you honed it to submit it, You'd want to tweak your descriptions and throughout. And a timeline, what happens over the period of your short story? And we always look to a climax in action and then falling action with your plot, your solution, resolution. And who are the primary characters? Who are the secondary? Are the primary characters the goats, maybe in Cheryl's story, but maybe in somebody else's that wants to emphasize the setting? Primary characters are the women in the Jeep could go in all sorts of directions. But those are some of the essential elements that you need to include in a short story in the amount of space that you have available to you. Depending on the type of submission you're making will determine how much space you have available to you. At the end of the show, we'll mention some of the books about short story writing, and we'll also continue this exercise further. Over to you, Cheryl. Thanks, Kathy. The goat could have been the secondary character. Could have been any. Right. Yeah. They could just be in the road just telling them, dude, stop. And then the girls, they're having their own dialogue. Well, anyway, I won't go off on that tangent. Let me move on a little bit to the length. Most of you know how short stories are different lengths. It depends on where you're submitting, what you're writing for a short story can be anywhere from one sentence like Carol did with one sentence today up to 20,000 words. It depends on the person who's asking or looking for the short story, the submission. 
this short story takes on the life of its own. There's no definite. The definite rule is going to be where you're submitting. And then there is flash fiction. Flash fiction usually, I'm saying usually, is about 1,000 words. But it could change, again, depending on where you're submitting, who you're submitting to, what their guidelines are. And then microfiction is even shorter. But microfiction usually, again, I say usually, is anywhere from a sentence to 300 words, depending on where you're submitting. There's no definite here, but the definite is that you have to have that beginning, middle, end. Now, there's so many possibilities with the short stories. I have my opinions. Kathy has hers, and that's why we blend together. Kathy, did you want to add to that? No, that sounds great. You all heard it. it sounded great. <laughs> the publishing outlets, we have great resources for that on our website. So let's talk a little bit. There's Submittable. That seems to be the platform that a lot of the publications are using for contests. But you can also go into Submittable and do a search to find out who's looking for submissions or contests. Submittable is found at submittable.com. And if you go to writingworkswonders.com and you click on resources, we have a list available to you. You go to writingworkswonders.com, click resources, and then click writing and publishing resources. And you'll see these different databases available. Authors Publish has an online database, Poets and Writers, and then submittable.com. But some of the places that some of our folks have published in and that are familiar to us as well are Magnets and Ladders. And that's part of Behind Our Eyes, Writers with Disabilities. And then we've also had on the show ACB and affiliate newsletters as venues to submit, certainly places to submit poetry, short stories, articles, talk to the editors, email, call them to see if they'd be open to considering a short story. And then Breath and Shadow is another one that several of our colleagues on the show, Annie Chiapetta and Carol Mackey, um, have both published in there and maybe others. And this is from the state of Maine is a publication, Breath and Shadow. And we'll be sure to have all of those links available at the same place. I have another trick that I used in, and I kind of found this, I think, because of uh, my experience as a professor and trying to find journals to publish in. What I did for my science fiction work is I went to the professional association of the genre. I'm writing in. So for me, that's science fiction and fantasy authors of America, sfwa.org. And I went there and they have criteria for you to become a member. And they say, you need to have been published in one of these outlets. And I went and looked at the list of the places that accept short stories. That became my go-to list for places to submit, and I looked up the criteria. Another example would be if, you're, if you write mystery, Mystery Writers of America, I expect would have the same sort of list, and that's mysterywriters.org. So instead of listing all of the possibilities, I found the mother load. I found an extensive list of professional writing associations, and we'll post that on the website, and it will be in the show notes as well. And that's available at contentwork.com, writers, organizations. 
that's an extensive list. It has over a hundred different professional writing associations. And if you find your genre, then work backwards to see what are the venues that they recognize as possible places to submit. And these databases, like the ones I was talking about, Science Fiction Writers of America, the compiled list that I was mentioning, it actually shows, is there a submission fee? And it also shows how much they pay per word if they pay anything for your submission, if it's published. The guidelines are usually listed with all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You go for guidelines for authors or submission criteria, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Another one that I know we've mentioned on the show and we have a link to is guideposts. Some by their very nature has have a theme. And another possibility that I mentioned earlier was watch these different venues like poets and writers and authors publish where they have a call for submissions. They might be putting together an anthology. They're putting out a request. Do you have a short story that would fit in this upcoming book we're publishing? Look at the guidelines, submit it, and it would be considered for possible publication. So not that just, just journals, but it could possibly be a collection for that is book publishing. And you could check locally too and see what's in your area. Like we have some pretty popular magazines here locally. There's so many ways to search what's coming up or kind of bulletin boards are online in your town, in your county, in your community. Check that out too. Even though sometimes if you don't get paid, the recognition will then lead you on where someone else, again, may ask you to publish something in their journal or their anthology. So we want to hear from you folks. What do you have as suggestions as places to submit or places to find where you could submit for financial compensation? When you do a search, consider using the phrase paying markets, paying markets, because you can find databases of places that are accepting short stories or essays, whatever you're writing, and they'd be listed under paying markets. And I have a a link for that that I'll be sharing as well in the show notes. First up, we have Carla. Wonderful program. I don't get to do this every week, but I had a little break. One that I find really fascinating and that's really well known to a lot of people is Reader's Digest. They Mm. pay for things. They pay for humor. They pay for Mm -hmm. humor form, you know, work stories, they pay for, uh, they pay for a lot of things. And they're a well known magazine, and it might be a way to really get your name out to a lot of people. That's my suggestion. Thank Thank you, Carla. Carla. That was on the tip of my tongue. Next is Patty Fletcher. First, I'd like to say this is an amazing call, and I'm like, Carla, I don't don't get to be here very often. There is a newsletter called Freedom of Writing, and it is online. It has each month a huge listing of places that are taking paid submissions and other things. There's also a lot of helpful hints. Uh, I've attended several workshops through these people, taken some courses. It's been a wonderful experience. But I'd also like to offer, several people have asked me lately, do you have to be a client of Tell It to the World to submit to the Writer's Grapevine? And the answer is no. I do have a decent following. The magazine is well shared by all contributors. And I do have an email group as well. 
So if you are interested, please, by all means, write to the community at acb.org and get my email. Reach out to me. I am looking for new voices. So please, please, please feel free to reach out to me to submit. Our next issue will come out during the summer solstice. And so it is a quarterly magazine, but I also take guest submissions on my blog. So please feel free to reach out to me. And again, I want to compliment you on a show well done, and I have to go prepare for my call. So thank you so much for offering this to everybody. It's wonderful. Thank you. Have a great call. I'd like to see where do you, we ask this of a lot of our authors that come on the show and you do it. Our participants do this to our guest authors. So we're going to do it to you. Where do you get your ideas to write short stories, journal entries, poetry, etc.? How do you create new ideas? How do you stimulate your imagination? How do you develop characters to go in a story as you're writing along or thinking about developing something? You have a germ of an idea. How are you going to create more ideas? What are your go-to strategies? May I say something first? Sure. In my brain. (laughs) All all the stories are up in my head all the time. Cheryl has a whole party running around there in her head. That's right. Okay, I'll (laughs) mute. (laughs) One of the books that I'm going to suggest on short story writing is written by a creative writing teacher, and it's by Della Galton, How to Write and Sell Short Stories. I think it's quite good. And there's another one, How to Write Short Stories and Get Them Published by Ashley Lister. And they both have ideas at the beginning about your creativity process. One of the things they mention are writing prompts. And I know that some of our folks have mentioned that they use the writing prompts from Writing Works Wonders and other places as they do what we say, maybe 50 words or two sentences, but it might also stimulate their thinking. And so they start writing a longer piece and they file that away separately and they just give us the part that meets our criteria. So writing prompts might get your thoughts started for the day, and then you go in and you do your work on the writing that you were working on yesterday and you continue. But where do you get your ideas from? Who would like to share with us? First, we have Ron Brooks. First off, I love the writing prompt because uh, it got me thinking way outside of my normal box. I find it fascinating to listen to other people's conversations in public, both because (laughs) people just talk about the strangest things, but also for dialogue, because I find writing dialogue to be difficult. When I can adopt the voice of other people, it makes it easier to come up with dialogue. That's actually mentioned in several of the different books I've read about writing fiction and writing dialogue. Ron, you're spot on. They say, listen to the conversations around you. You don't necessarily write your dialogue exactly the same, but it will give you more of a sense of the conversations also stimulates ideas. And even if you hear a snatch of a conversation, oh, yeah, I went out on a hike with so-and-so the other day, and you don't hear any more, well, where did that conversation go? 
Did they discover something? Did they get lost? Did they get caught in a rainstorm? What happened? Great idea. Who's next? Arlene. Kathy, you took the words right out of my mouth. How about the short story development? The first thing I wrote was my novel, The Purging Fire. Then I wrote another novel. I'm hoping to have four in the series altogether. I was taking a class with Creative Writing Now, or several classes, and some of their uh, writing exercises. I used the characters from my novel because... I already knew them. I was familiar with them, and uh, it was easy to do that. And lo and behold, then I started taking those out of the Creative Writing Now folders and putting them together. I started a collection of short stories with my characters from my novels. That's another way you can take the familiar and and, uh, expand on it. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's Amy. I'm very much on Ron's page. It was very easy before COVID to just go and sit in a mall and just catch snippets. Then I found myself delving into reality TV, not for the content at all, to sort of um, flesh out characters that I thought might be fun to write. And I got quite a few laughs out of actually listening to people's language. In, In my generation, they use like a lot. That was the, the word. Now it's so. Uh, people start their sentences with so, or they it just, there's all different, um, you know, through the generations, the languages have changed. And so you really know people's ages by how they speak and, and the words that they use. I find it really interesting. I'm not a fan of reality TV in general, but uh, for writing purposes, it's kind of fun. Excellent. Thank you, Amy. Next, we have Mary Carla Hayes. Okay, I get ideas from life. You know, sometimes when things like lost socks disappeared, things like that, I've invented a land of lost socks. There's a whole story about the (laughs) land of lost socks. And by the way, keys and overdue library books end up there and and about seizing the land and getting these things back. And then human (laughs) interest stories, the news and human interest stories. Give you an example. There was a, a coyote that walked into a Catholic school. So that's how Kyle, the Catholic coyote was born and, uh, <laughs> and there was a, a a dog named adolf in in germany and they couldn't find a home for him i was reading a german journal in german about they couldn't the shelter could not find a home for this poor dog named adolf and they tried to change his name and nobody wanted to adopt him so i wrote this poem about him and a plea for somebody to adopt him so that's where i get my ideas and as i say i come up with weird ideas and weird theories for solving problems problems or for dilemmas in my life that you know like um doctor's office music you know i mean that it, it's written to make people sick so that they'll come back into the doctor's office again and again you know just things like that and so that's where i get ideas but the, the one thing i have found if i don't write the ideas down or if i get a snatch of a poem or a snatch of an idea if i don't write it write it write it down immediately it's so elusive it can escape and it's very frustrating so that's a caveat i offer to all creative writers to write it down immediately before you forget it. So that's what I'll share. Excellent point. Yes, the creative writing books always discuss that, uh, having your system of how you can capture those ideas, because you never know when you'll go back to them. And we've talked about that with journals, having um, a writing journal that you collect ideas in. 
you know, building off of what you were saying, Carla, a, a kind of similar to what you're talking about, but different are alternate reality stories, right? Alternate realities ideas. So that what if cars weren't created? What would our society be like today? What if we didn't have airplanes? Whatever it is, you know, what would that world look like if it had gone this direction instead of the direction it went and the alternate reality? I thought of that while you were speaking. I, I could kind of hear a little of that. So thank you. I had thought about this earlier when people were talking about dialogue. What better way to start writing dialogue is the dialogue of your animal or between a couple animals that could be more comfortable than trying to write for people. <laughs> but I, that's how I started. I really got more comfortable with the animals. And then I was able to just, boom, just get right into the people. But for some reason, I, I had this barrier. That's my suggestion. And there you go. I just have to say something, Cheryl. Instead of animals, I use aliens. <laughs> yes. I know you do. <laughs> Purple ones. Thank you. Tabitha. So, um, a few years ago, I set a writing challenge for myself and I subscribed to the word of the day email from the Oxford English Dictionary. And every morning I would get this email with a word and its definition. And I would set a timer for 30 minutes and I would write a short story that had that word somewhere in it. And I did that pretty much every day for, I guess, more than three months because I have a hundred short stories. <laughs> um, and that was just a really interesting challenge. I mean, some of the stories were complete crap, but uh, some of them I think were really interesting. So it was just kind of a, a really totally guaranteed random starting point. Oh, love How it. Terrific. Yeah. Let's hear okay. Carol. Two things, actually. Um, I happen to also, uh, for when I get an idea, a line, a thought, I use a digital, little digital recorder because it won't stay in my brain for, for two seconds. The other thing is the person just before me mentioned a prompt as a word, and I will, I'm very interested in what Cece suggested, but I've been writing a poem every day since the beginning of the year. And let me tell you, that is hard. And coming up with the idea, it's been all over the map. I often, and I would suggest that you may, that each of us maybe think about whether we write about ourselves and our lives or whether we look outward and find things that are outside of ourselves. And I know for myself when I think that way, that I go to myself, that a lot of what I write is, a, is, really, is really quite revealing. And uh, it's a little scary. So thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So our writing prompt for this week will be using the piece that I read earlier, but finishing adding 50 more words. It was a sunny morning in May. Lucia and Kim were riding in a Jeep through the back roads of St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. Suddenly, they came upon a group of goats standing in the middle of the road. Kim stopped the vehicle and, and I'll be posting that on the website this afternoon. Cheryl, anything else? No, I just want to say thank you. This has been fabulous. We're Thanks. so glad you're with us today, Cheryl.
As always, thank you everyone for making this another amazing episode. And for our listeners, don't miss next Friday. We have our guest author, Sharon Sala, New York Times and USA Today bestselling author with 132 plus books. And May 13th, we have our very own Jane Tolino will be our guest author discussing the book, her book, Blind Sight. And we will be discussing writing memoir. And on 520, and that's in three weeks, we'll have part two of this show called The Art of the Short Story. And we will continue developing our understanding and experience. These show notes and resources and previous episodes are all available for you at writingworkswonders.com. Writing Works Wonders weekly writing prompts are terrific creativity boosters. New and experienced writers enjoy them, and so do we. Go to writingworkswonders.com and click Contact Us, and you will find all the details about the writing prompts, and you may post your response there as a comment. Our writing prompt for this week was... Raccoon and Hysteria, Pickle and Sibling. So let's hear how some of you have taken these four words and put them together in 60 words or less. First up, we have Carol Mackey. Thank you. The first, I have two, very short. The first is a raccoon pickled his siblings into hysteria. <laughs> the second is a poem, Pickled Hysteria. A pickle is tart, which some of you like. The other pickle also has bite. Speaking of biting, raccoons can do that. So can some siblings during a spat. Now to the merrier. and Let's make it lighter. Let's add hysteria and mix it some more. Next is Marlene. The garbage raid plot. Rachel Raccoon urged her siblings onward. Come on, it's almost dark. Let's raid the campground garbage. Younger brother Ralph remarked, uh, If we g- g- get c- c- caught, that c- could be a r- r- real p- p- pickle. Looking around, sharp-eyed Randy, the oldest brother, Egg them forward. Go ahead. I'll be lookout. Everything's quiet. Sirens suddenly sounded. They hurriedly scampered hysterically away. The end. Next, we have Pam Johnson. Hello, folks. This one is called Grab That Raccoon. <laughs> my, name, my name is Jenny. My younger sibling here, kindly, one day... I observed kindly going out and putting a pickle on the bird feeder hanging from the oak tree outside. She came inside excitedly, watching out the window. All of a sudden, she went into hysteria mode. Ah! I ran to the window, looked outside. What's wrong? Oh, no. Kindly said, that red coat outside, it just grabbed the pickle off the bird feeder that I put out for the birds. Then I said, okay, well, kindly calm down. Don't get hysterical. Next time we'll hang a, a carrot on the bird feeder out there for the birds. The end. 
is Lisa G. Thank you. Titled Chewy. The neighbor showed my sibling eye a, a trick with her baby raccoon, Chewy. I outstretched my arms to my side. He was put in one hand where he zipped across my arms to the other hand where he gingerly gnawed on my finger. I went into hysteria. This caused quite a pickle for my neighbors with my parents. Let's go on to Ron Brooks. Hi there. So I put one online, but I uh, wrote another one this morning. This is my redneck response because I'm, you know, I got that in me. (laughs) Me and my other siblings were sitting in Joe Jack's truck listening to hysteria and getting plum pickled on our granny's special plum cider. That's when we saw the raccoon. And right before Joe Jack hollered lunch and tried to shoot it through his own windshield. Needless to say, we ate plenty of glass but not much raccoon. As I was walking in the woods, I spied a mama raccoon in hysteria as she watched the siblings taunt her youngest baby. What a pickle the little one was in. I was tempted to help her, but then I realized I probably wouldn't be around when they did it again. I did yell and scared them away from their mischief. And the other one is about pickles, and I I find that sometimes when we have this creative thing, it makes me explore and go on the internet. And I, it, this did for me with pickles. Okay. Pickles, pickles, pickles. Where do I use, where do I use pickles? Well, in potato salad, coleslaw, and with sandwiches. Now, why do I like pickles? They have a pungent flavor. Are they good for me? Let me check. The internet says yes, because they help regulate my appetite, elimination, and blood sugar. Who discovered the process? The Mesopotamians 4,000 years ago. The end. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you for joining us today on Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. A tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. You can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com. It'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today. Then you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347-467-0221. We also have a donate button. All donations go to technical expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this podcast going. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.